really quick before we get started, I want y'all to know we're starting something tomorrow that's going to last until three weeks from today. So that means the 17th, the 24th, and then ending on the 31st. That's 21 days starting tomorrow till 21 days from now. It's a 21-day fast and prayer. Now, if you're a planner, you're mad at me right now because I gave you less than a day's heads up that it's going to happen. But I did it because I wanted to preach on it and explain it to you. And you can still love me if you like to plan and just be angry with me on that part just for a few minutes. But I'm really excited about it because I believe, I'm just going to preach about it. How's that? I'm gonna, this message is literally about fasting and, so, um, and what the purpose of it specifically, not how to. But in a, few, in a few minutes when I get to that part, we're going to show you we have a resource on our website. We're going to show you that when I get to that part of my message and I'm excited about it. The next part is part of our fasting and prayer, and this is the other part of my message, we're going to get up at 6.30 every morning. So if y'all don't know this, at 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings, a group of us gather and we pray before the service starts. We're going to continue that on Sundays at 8. But Monday through Friday, we're going to get here at 6.30 a.m. Some of y'all that are not morning people, like you're night owls, you hear 6.30 in the morning, you think, no way, Jose. That's okay. We ain't mad at you. We're going to have it on Facebook. Hopefully, it gets to remain on there. And you can go back at 8 o'clock or 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. if you're like us with kids. You put them to bed and thank Jesus we have some breathing room. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. But you can do it anytime. God's not mad at you if you pray at 9 p.m. and not 6.30 a.m. We wanted to do it to give you an opportunity if you're up and you have to be at work a certain time to spend the first 20 to 30 minutes with us in prayer. And I'm excited about it. And we're going to do it. We're going to model it. So here's the deal. If you want to come here, you can. But it's really intended for you to better do it in your living room, and we're going to treat this like it's our living room. And we're just going to pray and model it for you and ask you to pray with us. Everybody got it? Very good. Today's message, the title is really complex. Go fast. Someone say, go fast. Honestly, y'all got to talk back to me. What's the first thing you think of when you see, I'm going to go fast? Ricky Bobby. (laughs) Y'all are so spiritual. That's the first thing I think of, too. Who wants to go fast? I want to go fast. I feel like I don't face you going super fast. That's the first thing I think of, right? I I think of Ricky Bobby. I want to go fast. And as a matter of fact, when I think of going too fast, I don't think of the spiritual part of withdrawing from and, and not eating, for example. I don't think of that. I think of, praise Jesus. Woo! We're finna go super hyper speed, Right? I'm talking about even spiritual, because this is how awesomely spiritual I am. <laughs> nope. Because I get in my mind this, this idea of God's about to do more than we can ask or think, and I get super excited. And by the way, that's standing on Scripture, so it's not a bad thing. The problem is I'm not supposed to, look at me, dictate how the speed is that I'm going toward. All I'm supposed to do is find the rhythm that God called me to. Matter of fact, in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, it's come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. In the message translation, it says that, that you can learn the unforced rhythms of grace, that I can get in rhythm with God. Because there's some people in here that aren't super driven, that aren't trying to chase a certain destiny down and hoping you can get there, and those people are called procrastinators. Everybody in the room that's married to a procrastinator is about to elbow you. Because you're the person that when you know you're supposed to do something, you got to, watch this, Pray about it. Come on, we don't have to be quiet. 
right? Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not downplaying pray about it. What I'm saying is when you know you're supposed to do it, you ain't got to pray. You got to go. Stop praying about that. Pray about other stuff. Gracious day, I'm about to get Holy Ghost in here, and I ain't even started. But listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm half kidding and half not because I do get frustrated with people that never can make a decision. But the reality is both parties are equally off the rhythm if you're not careful because you, hurry is something that we need to get rid of unless God is telling us to get out of something. Huh? Y'all, do y'all understand what I'm saying? We don't need to hurry to go toward destiny. We need to be in rhythm because we're running a marathon, not a sprint. And so if we're not careful, we get in such a hurry that we have to look back. Now listen, we have to look back and say, Jesus, can you catch up and bless this thing that I'm in? Can I tell y'all something? With all due respect, Jesus isn't really interested in blessing the thing that I'm chasing. He's interested in me becoming all that he created me to be. And if I'm not careful, I will ask God to bless what he never really had a part of. So this fast is not extreme speed, and this fast is not sit on the side lethargic and never get in the game. This fast is learning God's rhythm. Now listen to me. Satan will do everything he can to keep you from his rhythm. He'll make you frustrated and upset, wondering, is this ever going to change? So you sit back on the sidelines, or he'll give you you ideas to go chase what seems to be, listen carefully, a good thing. But if God ain't stamped it and approved it, it ain't a good thing if it's not his thing. Do y'all understand? And he'll do anything he can to distract us. If he can't destroy you all at once, he'll let you be distracted with good things so you get out of his rhythm, so you get out of God's rhythm. And I find that for the most part, Christians, we get trapped in areas that need breakthroughs that are oftentimes not sinful on the front end. Did y'all hear what I said? They don't always start as bad. They just always start as blurry. They don't always start as bad, they just always start, they seem to always begin as blurry. We're not quite sure. And the farther that I run and the harder that I chase, the more that I realize I'm just off a little bit from where God wants me to be in rhythm with him, and I get super frustrated. And so today what I want to preach to you is a a chapter in the Bible that (laughs) I don't think I've ever preached this before. I was looking back, I can't find notes on it, so and I keep everything, so I'm pretty sure at least the big church, adults, I don't think I've ever preached this before. And I wasn't even planning on preaching this, y'all. As a matter of fact, on Monday, I had these three ideas, and I was like, one of these have to be it. And then when it came to fasting and praying, I was like, it just is awful and doesn't fit. So I got up super early Tuesday, started praying, and then just like that, I had this thought, Sodom and Gomorrah. I was like, (laughs) Sodom and Gomorrah. If you grow up in church, you know Sodom and Gomorrah. If you don't, you'll hear it in just a second. But that ain't it. We're supposed to be going to something, God. And that ain't good. Son of a word, it's destruction. It's awful. It can't be that chapter. Holy Ghost, let's revisit this. There wasn't any revisiting. It was that. And so I was like, all right, cool. So let me give you a little background. Genesis 18. God comes to Abraham and says, I'm going to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, I'm bringing hellfire and brimstone down. Some, some people that grew up in church like preachers that preach hellfire and brimstone. I don't want that because it didn't go well. Are y'all okay? The whole city gone. 
So if y'all like hellfire and brimstone, y'all can go find it somewhere else. I'm not into it, right? <laughs> and so Abraham, on his behalf, on, 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 on the city's behalf, he intercedes. He prays and says, God, what if, what if I can find 50 righteous people? I did this because we're getting there. What if I find 50 righteous people? I won't destroy the city. There wasn't 50. He goes back. He goes back. He goes back. He gets down. Listen carefully. This is so important. He gets down to one. God, what if I find one? And guess what God said? If you find one righteous person in that entire city, I won't destroy it. There wasn't one. Now, the story that we're talking about today is the fact that then God interceded on Abraham's behalf for his family member named Lot. Now, a few chapters earlier, Abraham and Lot come to this come to this agreement where Lot's going to get one side of things and Abraham's going to get another side of things. Now, y'all better listen to what I'm saying. Abraham let Lot get the first pick and Lot chose what looked good. I could preach this and run laps. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If you pick what looks good, you better be careful what it's tied to. Because Abraham got the seconds. It wasn't as good. It wasn't the valley that everybody would want. But the valley that Lot wanted was finna get destroyed. I said finna. I meant to. It was about to get destroyed. All bad, not good, destroyed. But it looked good. But just because it looks enticing doesn't mean God's involved in it. And Abraham was able to take a step back and say, no matter where I go, matter of fact, right after that is where God said, wherever you set your feet, you're blessed. And it's your land. Because I don't need it to look good if God's in it. But then this is the part that I think is most cool. So their family, they split, they go a different way. And the Bible says Abraham believed God and he accounted it. That is righteous. So why was Abraham righteous? Because he believed God. Simplify it. It wasn't how good he was. Abraham screwed it up all the time. We could preach that some other time. But he messed it up. But it said he, he, was, he believed him and he was righteous. So obviously in this case, Lot, who lived in the city, who was from there, he didn't find one righteous person so, so why did God spare Lot? There's something to be said about when you're walking with God and when you break away from and break to something, it doesn't just affect you and it hasn't just infected you because clearly the covering on Abraham's life and the covenant with God covered not just him but his family as well because there was no other reason for God to say go get Lot to the angels who in this story we're picking up right here where God intercedes because of Abraham's Walk with him. So I just want you to know today that your life, even though it's just yours, when you think to yourself, why does this really matter? It's just my life. It doesn't affect anybody else. Au contraire. I don't care if you have children. I don't care if you, if you have a wife. I don't care if you have a husband. I don't care if you're married. It affects people that you're tied to. And it can either be a covering for them, or watch this, or it can bury them. Now, I don't know about you. But when I think in terms of family tree, I don't want to be the one that buries my family. I, I want to be, be part of the reason that God intercedes and then as a result, we walk with God. Are y'all with me? So look at this. Then you get to the fact that God said, no, I'm going to destroy him. And you get to Genesis 19. Now it says in Genesis 19 that when, when morning dawned, these angels, which by the way, if I could show you even what, what happened to these angels, it's disgusting. But I don't have time. To say the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah was vile is a gross understatement. And it says that when morning dawned, these angels urged Lot to hurry. This is the time that you should hurry when it's time to get up out of what has tied you up. 
And it says, saying there, get up, take your wife and two daughters who are here, and what's that word highlighted? And go. Because if you stay and you don't go, you're going to be destroyed. Or you will be swept away in the punishment of the city. But look what it says he did. But he, what's the word? It says, but he lingered. So the men picked him up and seized him. Now, I'm here to tell you today the way that grace works. God's not going to pick you up and move you. Because he gives us choice. He gives us freedom in his will. He's allowed us to have a free will to choose whether or not we'll remain in Sodom or we'll run away from and cling to. And it says that in this case, he picked them up, seized them, and his two daughters by the hand, and the Lord mercifully, being merciful, took him and brought him outside the city and, or brought him out and set him outside of the city. And it says they, and as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life. Do not look back. Listen, one of the angels said to them, don't look back. Someone say out loud, don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills lest you be swept away. Now, if an angel of the Lord has come to visit you, has pulled you out, has taken you up, you beam me up, Scott, and you're outside the city and you're up on the hills, what do you think you should not do? Look back. If you grew up in church, you know what's about to happen, right? And all of y'all can tell me what happened to Lot's wife. What she turned into? Pillar of salt. Now watch. Verse 23, it says, The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. That's the next city over on the hill. And it says, Then the Lord rained on Sodom, hellfire, sulfur, and brimstone from heaven. And he overthrew those cities and the valley and the inhabitants of the city and what grew on the ground, but, the, but Lot's wife behind him. Say it. Say it loud. Don't look back. What did Lot's wife do? Look back. And she became a pillar of salt. Now, if you're like me, when you read the Bible, and some of y'all aren't because some of y'all are super spiritual and awesome and you never have weird thoughts, but I just do, so y'all have to deal with it because I get to preach. I think things like, what? My girl just peaked. That's a little harsh, God. Doing right, like nobody else thinks this thing. This is how it appeared to me when I was watching with some of y'all in the room. When I was looking at the flannel boards growing up, it was Lot's wife, they were cool, they were out, bam, so right. I mean, is that not how it reads? Here's the problem that's not what it says, it's just what the English says. See, I always thought it was peeking back, and I always Matter of fact, I remember hearing messages growing up. If you peek back over your shoulder to what you used to do, well, that ain't what it says. See, up until this point when I was beginning to write this message, I was going, this is cool, and I found Go in the Amplified Version, so that's cool, God, but I still don't know why you want us to go fast in this message until Lot's wife. Look at this. In the Hebrew, the word look back means to behold, to be held by and guard Matter of fact, if I put the whole thing, it says to guard with your heart like, like your most treasured possession. Matter of fact, when I broke it down in the Hebrew, when we use the word to have and to hold till this day forward in marriage, it's the same context that what Lot looked back to do. 
See, it's one thing to take a peek and see if the fire was coming down. But how many of y'all know all of them were looking because they couldn't help it? Because I always had the context of what happens to me when people, when I'm driving down the road and a wreck happens and someone says, ooh, that's a bad wreck, don't look. What do y'all do? But that's not this. Someone say, that's not this. That's not this. That's not what this is. This is the fact that many of you in this room or many people watching online that are listening to my voice right now. You've been in services. You've heard messages about the Lord or maybe this is the first time, but you're hoping that God can rescue you from your sin, from yourself, from your stuff in your past. You're hoping that God can rescue you from that abuse that you went through that, by the way, can I say this was not your fault or the thing that was your fault that was disgusting. And you're, you're, you, you're, you hate the thing that you were. The only problem is, every time you get an opportunity to let it go, you let it go, but you still hold on with a few fingers. Someone say, hold. Because we, we keep holding. And I've been in so many services before where the Holy Spirit stirred my heart because the message was right. And God was moving or the worship song did something to me and I was like, God, I want to give you everything. But there's a part of Mark Pangle's life that still held on to something that I did not need to. See, the problem is we all want a breakthrough because every one of you participated with me and that I could see. I'm sure there were some that didn't, but from what I could see, almost everybody said they wanted a breakthrough. But the problem is you can't get a breakthrough unless you're willing to break from. I'll say it again. We can hope chains are broken and we can pray for a breakthrough, but we're not going to get the full breakthrough unless we're willing to break from. And God picked up Lot's wife, pulled her to the next city with angels, set her down and said, I've done it for you, and she still wouldn't break away from. Why? Because, y'all, sin clings to us. Desire clings to us. Watch this. Y'all better not miss this. All the spiritual people talk to me in this room. So do good things. Can I tell y'all something? I just I didn't say this in the first, but I feel led to. You know one thing that the Lord showed me why I was supposed to leave for a year? Because I dang sure didn't want to, and I was thrilled to come back. This. Say, so you're a preacher, Mark. That's a good thing. It is until it has you. It is until people's opinions start becoming the thing that you obsess over. It is until you begin to define yourself by what you do and not who Christ says you are and who you are in Christ Jesus. So it's a great thing because it's a calling and I've answered the call. And that's all wonderful and your mom and your grandma tells you you're great. But it can be the thing that holds you from being what God's called you to. So I don't want y'all to be misled by the fact that Sodom is always vile. Sometimes the thing that holds you is actually really good in the world's eyes. It's just not God's plan. And it's not what God wants to have your heart held. And that thing that you hope for and dream for can end up being the thing that causes your life to become a mess because when people talk against your gift, your talent, your hobby, your hope, 
it makes me buck up and get angry. And I can have a red light and a flashing light saying, Mark, they're talking about your God. They're talking about your idol. They're talking about the fact that you've, that you've placed all your affections on them and you behold that. I know it's uncomfortable, but we're going to have some fun if y'all can hang in with me. But I'm telling you right now, looking at every one of you right now, you're either being held or you've been held. But there is none of us who are human beings not named Jesus that's not been held. And you can never pursue Jesus with your whole heart until you're willing to let go and pursue. So here's three little points for a breakthrough. Three keys to a breakthrough. Y'all ready? If you're ready, say yes. Number one, go fast. Not Ricky Bobby, but actually go fast. We're going to put on the screen a resource that we have for you to help you in your fast. A resource on fourpoints.org backslash fasting. I had to make sure I wasn't going to say it wrong. And this is super, it'll be super helpful. It's actually the resource that I use that we just put on our website. Can I tell y'all what I want you to fast? Whatever you can break away from. Because look, this is what fasting's purpose is. Fasting's purpose is to detach. Someone say detach. To detach from the world or whatever grips you. The purpose of fasting is not so you can only have liquid. The purpose of fasting is not so you have to do a weird diet. Listen, if you don't do it right, you're just doing a weird diet. The purpose is whatever has you gripped. So listen, for some people it's television. For the next 21 days, you ought to shut it down. Watch this. The world's still going to happen if you're not paying attention to the news and social media. I just sort of ended a two-whatever-month fast, but I haven't really been back on it because I decided I eh, hadn't really missed it. And I may get on it during this 21 days to share our prayer time, but I hadn't missed it because I've noticed that in the past I've obsessed over it and it had me, so I don't need it. I'm going to do a liquid fast. I feel led to do it, which means I'm drinking juices and doing certain things and it's on the website, but I don't think all of you should do that. As a matter of fact, if you have health issues, don't do it. There's a Daniel fast where all you do is fruits, vegetables, and water. That's a great fast. Some of you should do it. But some of y'all shouldn't do food at all. The biggest thing with fasting is this. Break away from. And in the time that you're fasting, in the time that I normally eat a meal, that's the time that I should spend extra time praying. Because, number two, go pray. Go pray. Because there's some things that can be broken off. This is what Jesus said. There's some things that can be taken care of and broken off with in just prayer, but sometimes it's prayer and fasting. And when it's prayer and fasting, it's a stronghold that's gripped me because fasting detaches me from what holds me, but prayer attaches me to God. So the purpose of prayer is not so you can tell everybody that you spent an hour in your quiet time, and if you do, that's praise the Lord, that's amazing. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're attaching to God because in prayer time, what we can do it's tell God our list. Are y'all okay? If the only thing that I do is tell God all the things that I've chased toward and I've gotten ahead of them or I've, not, I've decided to not get in rhythm with them so I'm behind and therefore I need God to intervene because I want him to do what I want him to do and I wish he'd get with the program, it ain't going to work. 
But, but, but as I'm detaching, if I'm attaching, if I'm, if I'm spending time seeking him, telling him how wonderful he is, how good he is, how, how much I love him, and then getting in rhythm with him as I pray, it'll, it's mind-boggling what he'll show you. It's mind-boggling what he'll show me. Y'all look this way, please. There's many relationships in this room that need to stop. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about friends or acquaintances or people. How do I know if it's a relationship that I should cling to and hang on to? Is it building you up or tearing you down? When you leave time with them, is your life pointing toward Jesus? If not, let go. Do you know why you won't? Because you're afraid of what it'll cost you. You're afraid of what it'll cost you, so you keep clinging toward with knuckles tight, not letting go. And there's a bunch of other different stuff that y'all need to let go of. And it's going to be difficult to know what you need to let go of if you don't know who to ask. And everybody can give you their opinion, but I've found in my life, it's amazing how open and honest the Holy Spirit will be with me if I'll ask him. God, what is it that has gripped my heart that is not you? Because anything that grips my heart, like, here's a simple, logical way to help you. What kept you up this week? What kept you up? What kept you up when you should have been asleep, but you're thinking through it and going over it and obsessing over it? Because that's the thing that's gripped your heart if it's not lost people in the Holy Spirit. Because your kids can become that thing. And when you give them up, that doesn't mean that you give them up for adoption. Right? They're still your kids. You just need to realize you're not the one that can control the outcomes in their life. And you can trust the Lord. And you don't have to obsess over whether or not they're safe at school. Because the more you obsess, the more it grips you. But it doesn't change anything about the outcome. And for some of y'all, it's gripped you for 40 years and you've wondered why you've been so frustrated because you've been faithful going to church and faithful with your offerings and faithful with other parts of your life, but you've never felt freedom. And it's because there's some things that only get freed from when you let go and then cling to. And so I just want to close with this simple thing. The third part is when you go pray, what we cling to is Jesus. So I could have said, instead of go to Jesus, then you cling to Jesus. And the scripture that I'll use is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, I want you to listen to me before I land this plane. I want you to listen. Every one of us in here have been or currently are Lot's wife. In the context that we've, that we've been held by something that we had no business being held by. And I think it's so interesting when you, when you see what look actually means, that it's not just a peak, but it's, it's what holds us. To look at this couple verses in, Roman, or excuse me, in Hebrews 12 and realize how life-changing it is if we can get it in the right context, if we can get it in the right picture. Because it says right here in verse 1, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. That's not necessarily the people you're looking beside. In the actual context, we're talking about heaven and the saints that have gone before us that have died that are now in heaven. But I'll tell you from an in interpretation standpoint, not the actual ap or application standpoint, not the actual interpretation, excuse me, we got witnesses beside us. 
that if we're being honest, we can all say we need a breakthrough. Therefore, there must be something we must break from. Can I get a witness up in here? Y'all with me? That's, that, that's what we're talking about. That's what everybody in this room and watching online is all in agreement that the reality is no matter how much we put on, no matter how much we want, we need help because we're tired of the direction we're going and we need help because we want to go where God wants us to go. So since we're surrounded by such a great group of people, cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, let us put aside, let us stop holding on to like Lot's wife, the stuff, every weight, every weight, every weight and sin. I just think it's so fascinating that the sin is second because if you grew up like I did, in church it was always beating people up for the sin that they did. But the reality is we all are sinners. And we all have had sin drape, cling, and then we like it. You know the verse that came to my mind? I got to say this. Matthew 12. Ugh, y'all forgive me. I think it's 37. I'm trying to read it, but I can't find it. I think it's Matthew 12, 37. It says, when, when, when we're cleaning out the house, this is the same picture, by the way, and an and a evil spirit who's clung to us leaves, if we're not careful, seven will return in its place. Here's what I've learned, that when I want God to do a great work and when I want a breakthrough and when I desire it and when I see and when this sin and weight that is holding on to me, when I release it and let it go, when I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, listen, 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 if I'm not careful, then seven return in its place. And I'm deeper in the thing that I never wanted to be in the first place. So this is the first part that we lay aside, that we set aside the sin and things and stuff that holds us. And then watch this. I think this is so fascinating. Then he says, let's run with endurance the race that is set before us. In other words, I've called you to a race that has a finish line. That's the end of my life. And, it, and it's a long-term race. So I need you to find the rhythm. And I need you to walk in grace. And I need you to have harmony with me every day because I don't need you to go too fast, but I don't need you to go too slow. I need you to walk with me every single day. So in order to do so, you can't be like Glot's wife that, that beholds and holds on. I need you to let go of those things. And I mean for real let go. And then turn to a certain direction. Watch this. Which direction should I turn? Looking to Jesus, who's the author or founder and perfecter of our faith with the joy set before him. He endured the cross and scorned its shame, and now he's seated on the right hand of God. So when I say things like, God is about to, I need you to know what I mean by that in context. I don't mean that the one that's seated on the right hand is about to stand up. I mean, he's already done the work and you're about to get it. Did you hear what I said? I, I mean, God doesn't have to about to do anything because he said it's finished on the cross and it is finished. I mean, what I'm excited about is I can feel the presence and power of God and that the Holy Spirit's moving and we're, it's about to click. And I don't have to guess anymore, but I can't keep holding on. See, this is the big problem with breakthrough. This is the big problem with going fast. Is if we're not willing to break away from, then we'll never fully break to something. Can y'all look at me? Many of you in this room meant what you said when you prayed, Jesus, come into my heart and save me. And I believe you meant it. 
but for a lot of y'all, you've stayed stuck. And you've wondered, why does it always feel like I'm stuck in the same old mess? And it's because when we've considered what it cost us to break away from something, we've wanted Jesus, and we've wanted that too. Or as the old saying goes, we've wanted our cake and we've eaten it too, right? And we've been frustrated because we said, God, why do I stay trapped in this thing? But look at me. It's not God's fault. It's that I'm Lot's wife. Because while salvation has nothing to do with behavior, nothing, walking in freedom has everything to do with it from that point on. Being a kingdom man has everything to do with it from that point on. Constantly living with chains broken has everything to do with it because it's very possible to have your chains broken in a salvation moment where you trust Jesus as your Lord only to walk out the door and put them right around our necks again. Why? Because I haven't fully decided that I want to break away from and wholly cling to something. Because in the same context, this Lot's wife's not quite what I thought it was when she looked back. Neither is this. Look at this. Looking, looking in the Greek is two different Greek words. It means apo, which is away from, and horeo, which is actually to look. That's actually the word to look. So when you put the words together, it's apareo. And it means looking away from all else. Listen. And fixing my eyes, gazing upon, holding to one thing. Which means in my life, Leah should not be at the same place that Jesus is. Which means in my life, Laney and Hastings should not be at the same place that Jesus is. Which means in my life, my job should not be in the same place that Jesus is or my, my preferences or my past or my sin or my stuff or anything else and all the sin from that point. But my gaze, my hope, my, my trust, my affection all has to be clinging to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith who with the joy set before him endured the cross and scorned its shame. That is breakthrough. The problem is all that's well and good. But am I really, really, really able to let it go? Am I really able to say, God, I don't know how the outcome's going to be, but I trust you with my children. God, I don't know how the outcome's going to be, but I trust you with my past. God, I don't know how the outcome's going to be, but that relationship that needs to be broken off, I'm done with it. I'm not God of my life. He's God. Therefore, I behold you. I think it's so interesting that John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh, verse 14, and dwelt among us. We normally stop the verse there. But it says, And we have beheld His glory full of grace and truth. Some translations say seen, but the actual translation says we've beheld His glory. In John's context, what he's actually trying to say is, because of who Jesus is and what He's done, we've clung to Him. Will you? Because he is who he said he was. Listen, and he is good. But for many of us in this room that have been trapped most of our lives in things and sin, we're not quite sure that's what we want to hold to. But here's what I wanted to close with. Whether you like this message or love this message or hate this message, here's the truth that every human being has to deal with. We become what we behold. You are what you've beheld. I become what I behold. So what are you beholding? 
Because it's not enough to know a lot of sweet Bible verses about Jesus. It's not enough to be able to tell me all the different stories that you grew up with. The one thing that I need to ask and for you to tell me if you want this to become real. Yes, I want a breakthrough, Mark. I'm all in. Will you behold him? Will you forsake all other things and all others and everything else and all your opinions and all your backgrounds and all the things that have dominated your life and what you have described yourself to be and leave it and go quickly. Look back to that story of light. Hurry out. It's time to go. It's time to get up and no longer be defined by the things that you were defined by in the past. It's time for a breakthrough. It's breakthrough, excuse me. It's time to go fast and pray. It's time to go to Jesus. But, but here's the decision that we get to make. Will I let pride define me because I don't want them to think that I'm not where I should be? Can I Look, I'm going to give you all an out. Everybody does. There's not a person in this room that doesn't need some kind of shift. And there's not a person in this room that will have an actual one. Because y'all, I'm just tired. If I can be real with y'all, I'm just tired. I'm tired of going to services that stir my heart so much that I leave and I'm like, why did nothing change? Because we weren't willing to break away from and break to. It's not enough to feel goosebumps and Holy Ghost feels. It's enough when you break away and break to. So the opportunity to respond, the ministry time is this. With every eye open, with everybody looking at me. At the beginning, all of y'all wanted a breakthrough. So now it's time to put your life where your hand was and get up off your feet if that's you still. Where you say this, I'm not just wanting, I'm willing. So change me, God. Because here's the deal. He's the change agent. I'm not. And neither are you. Otherwise, we would have changed many moons ago, many decades ago for some of us. But when you say, I'm ready to break away from and break to, and you stand up on your feet or whatever you want to do, and you say, I'm in, I'm ready, it's amazing what God will do. Because y'all, he's already done the work. He just wants to partner with you. And it will affect your children and your children's children. It has lasting impact for the rest of your lives and people's lives that never meet you one time. So I'm just asking you to be honest like my brother has already done and stand to your feet and say, that's me. I'm ready for a breakthrough. Come on, all over the room, all over the room, all over the room. Come on, y'all can come up with me. Thank you, Lord. Can I do something real quick? Can y'all just give me a second? I believe that that's true for most people in the room. I believe you, that you, that you meant, most people stood is what I meant by that. I believe that I'm doing a disservice to y'all if I don't give some people an opportunity to say, you know what, I've never trusted Jesus as Lord. So all of you have already done the hard work and stood to your feet. I just want to know how many of y'all would say by just throwing your hand up right where you stand, Mark, that's really me. I've never been saved before. I've never said, Jesus, you're Lord and I'm not. You died on the cross to take the sin and place of me who deserves death and hell. And now today and then for the rest of my life, because I'm not just getting, I'm walking through breakthrough as well. I'm ready to give my life and heart to Jesus Christ. Come on. If that's you, thank you. Who else? Come on. Who's bold enough to say that's me? I'm going to partner with Jesus right now. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. It's amazing. 
It's amazing. Can y'all pray with me right now? We're going to pray out loud like we do. When someone says yes to Jesus, we're going to do it out loud. Because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I believe that you mean it. You believe in your heart. So we're going to confess with our mouths out loud. We're going to look and we're going to mean it. So say this. Say, Jesus, I believe you are who you said you are. You died. You rose again to pay the price for my sin. Today, I give you my life. I love you back, Jesus. I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and thank the Lord in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, listen, if you're watching online or in this room, we're going to put our phone number up. It's 864-606-3600, 864-606-3600. Will you just text the word alive? Just real simple. Just text us the word alive. We're not going to blow your phone up. We're not going to scare you. We just want to help you. Walk in faith. Walk in truth. We want to help partner with you. We're so thankful and excited. And for everybody else, listen. I don't think there's something magical that I can do to you right now that can give you this feeling that all of a sudden gives you a breakthrough. I think that by you standing to your feet after you raised your hand, you told me with your life, I'm ready. So I actually set this up with our team. We set this up to give you the vehicle that I think can propel you into 2021 being the greatest year of your life. I didn't say easiest. I didn't say there wasn't going to be conflict. I said greatest. Why? Because when I'm walking in rhythm with God and I'm doing that race, it don't matter what's happening around me. I'm going for it. So, so just partner with us and fast. If you've never gotten up at 6.30 in the morning before to get to work at 8, because you're like I used to be, and if you had to be at work at 8, you got up at 7.45. Come on, Jesus. Let's do something. Just get up an hour earlier and pray. I don't care if you're in your boxers. We ain't looking. Did you hear what I said? Don't come here in your boxers. In Jesus' name. But pray with us, because the purpose is so you can do it with us online. And share it with your friends and family and let them partner with us. But I'm telling you, I don't know what it is about 21 days because there's several different fasts. There's 40 days and 10 days. But, you know, we've heard that thing. It takes 21 days to break a habit. Let's do it together in Jesus' name. I'm proud of y'all. I'm excited. And I believe this is just the beginning. So let's go fast together. Come on, let's sing.